Sometimes we believe in our low self-worth because there was something that happened in our past that confirmed it. So we need to learn how to let those moments go. This is Grow To Be Free, a self-development podcast that helps ambitious ladies pursue their dreams while finding peace, happiness, and maintaining a thriving mental health. My name is Kiani, and I burnt myself out at age 22. I didn't know my purpose. I hated my job. I thought money was the answer to all my problems, and girl, was I sad. I fought through anxiety and depression by working on myself nonstop. Now, I can honestly say that I am happy, I find peace every single day, and I'm on a journey to discover my best life. Join me as I sit with other ambitious gals who have learned to unlock this new level of life. Think of us as the girlfriends that actually grow with you. We'll share all the tangible tips to help you transform your mindset, mental health, relationships, faith, and finances. Plug in your headphones, get ready to jot down some notes, and let yourself be inspired. Welcome back to the Grow To Be Free podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because we are kicking off a five-part series on self-worth. And this particular episode is on what is self-worth and five steps on how to build it. So if you're curious about what self-worth is, what that really means for you, and how you can start to increase your self-worth, this is a great episode to start with. And the following episodes will give you a lot more in-depth detail of all of the different steps that you can use for um, building self-worth. I'm going to be interviewing some guests. I'm going to be having some panel conversations with some previous guests from previous seasons and also some new people as well. So I am so excited to get this started because the concept of self-worth is so foundational that it's oftentimes missed. Think of the thick slab of concrete underneath the house. If you don't have that piece and you try to build your house on top of that, you're probably going to have a very shaky house and it might end up falling down. So our self-worth is the same way to our mental health. At least that's how I see it. And many people get confused between self-worth, self-confidence, and self-esteem. But in reality, they're all very closely related and are used to describe different aspects of how you perceive yourself, your abilities, and how you may express those inwardly and outwardly to others. We're not going to dive into the differences between those three today, but we are going to focus on an aspect that I believe to be the root of all three, and that is self-worth. According to Collins Dictionary, self-worth is one's worth as a person as perceived by oneself. In other words, it's the value that you place on yourself internally. This internal reflection is what guides how we anticipate the activities to go in our lives. For example, if you have low self-worth, you're more likely to think that bad things are going to happen to you or that you'll never get what you truly want out of life simply because you don't believe you're worthy of it for one reason or another. And this is crucial to work on, as you can see, because if you don't expect great things to happen in your life, it's likely that that will come true. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to have a great life. So I think this episode is really going to help you to understand how we can make sure we're on the right track with our self-worth. So what is really crazy is that this concept is 
actually really scientifically proven. Have you ever heard of the Pygmalion effect? It's a phenomenon that happens when you place expectations on yourself or on others and our expectations actually come true. So this is kind of what people talk about when they're talking about a self-fulfilling prophecy. This study that was done, it was first done on rats and was later confirmed in a live setting in students. In both scenarios, the rats and the students both lived and performed according to what was expected of them. More on that topic later, but let me take a moment to give you an example through my own life experience of how expectations affected my self-worth. So my story with self-worth is strongly connected to my height. So if y'all know me, you would know that I'm about uh, five foot and uh, not many people know this, but the three quarters. <laughs> I'm three quarters of an inch taller than five feet. Uh, that sounds really silly, I know, but I've I've always been smaller than the majority of my peers and people have always identified me as either being 4'11 or 5 foot even. So you can imagine my excitement when the doctor measured me and added three quarters to my height. So anyway, throughout my childhood, my height has warranted plenty of people of all sorts of statures to point out my smallness by resting their elbows on my shoulder, on my head, whatever they could get their little elbow on, they used me as a kickstand of sorts, which honestly, it was very demeaning. I realized that it was demeaning, but I still let it happen because I thought that, I thought that's what I could do to fit in. Honestly, I, I have a very easygoing personality and it's, I, that really just, stopped me from ever saying anything to those people. So I recognized how demeaning it was, but my easygoing personality stopped me from ever saying anything. And being a people pleaser in the phase of learning how to fit in, I allowed it most times because these people were supposed to be my quote unquote friends and I felt included. I almost felt like, well, at least I'm a part of the conversation, right? So subconsciously, I think this repetitive act wore on my self-worth because I started to identify with being the support person or in fiction, they like to call it a tertiary character. So the subconscious role play I assigned to myself heavily influenced how I related to others and what I thought myself deserving of. So imagine if you were a supporting character in a movie or a tv show like borderline and extra maybe you have one or two lines the whole movie and you're kind of in the core group but also very much on the sidelines you see the protagonist the main character going on this extraordinary journey of growth getting the guy receiving recognition of a for accomplishments, skills, and ultimately she receives a ton of attention, way more than you. Um, and then there's you, watching on the sidelines, waiting for the next scene to happen in someone else's movie. This is how I felt most of my life. Many times I felt invisible more than anything. There are specific memories I have of thinking in high school, do people even see me at all? And my suspicions were vaguely confirmed when a very tall student in passing period walked into me head on and looked down and said, oh, didn't see you there. It was in that moment, all of my vicious thoughts manifested into reality. 
talk about a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? This narrative translated into many areas of my life, but in reality, it hurt the most within friendships and romance because the role of watching and waiting for the next scene in someone else's movie seemed to resonate in such a way where I didn't expect great things to happen in my life. I always looked out for what could go wrong, and honestly, I was very shocked when things actually turned out well. Luckily, in high school, I, I learned that I was gifted with the ability to excel in academics and performing arts, and this seemed to be what saved me from going down a rabbit hole of bitterness and self-loathing. But as you guys might know from my story, the next few years of college were filled with me chasing every ambitious act that I could find because here is where I knew I had value. I And you ambitious ladies probably know what I'm talking about when I say that's where I had, I felt that I had value um, because we get into this performance mindset and start to uh, think in a way that well, our value is based off of our performance. Very important topic. We don't, we're not going to get into it today, but that's definitely going to be in a later episode, so stay tuned for that. But I want to ask you guys, what about you? How have you seen yourself in your own life? What value have you been subconsciously placing on yourself? I want you to take a real moment to think about this. Like, truly dig deep. What is the narrative that's been repeating itself so much in your life that your thoughts now match the story? Have you been a protagonist in your life? Have you been the sidekick? Maybe you've played the villain at some points. Or maybe you've just felt like an extra or a tertiary character like me. In any scenario, I'm going to share how you can start to build your self-worth. These are some steps I found to work for myself, and in the following episodes, I'll interview women about their experience in different areas like relationships, career, and I'll even have some new expert guests on as well. So, step one, self-awareness. Be aware of the thoughts you're thinking to yourself. Get into a practice of recognizing what you're saying in your internal conversations with yourself. You can do this by simply pausing and taking a mental note when you're thinking. You may not catch everything, and that's okay, but keep on working on it, and it will eventually become a habit. And if you're not used to self-awareness, you'll be surprised by the amount of negative things you say to yourself. I'm not only talking about the extremely obvious negative words, I'm also talking about the mildly negative, sneaky words that creep into our vocabulary over time. So maybe it's something you've been saying for years. Maybe it's something like, whenever you make a mistake, you jokingly say to yourself, ah, oh, I'm so dumb. Like, most of the time we don't give that kind of thought a second thought, right? We just kind of say it and we move on with our lives. Um, or maybe it's apologizing rep repeatedly for something that wasn't your fault or just overly apologizing. A big one for me was not being able to take a compliment. I would feel wildly uncomfortable and I would even feel obligated to return a compliment back to the person who gave it. 
even if I didn't mean it. And it took me a while to realize this was a defense mechanism for the low self-worth I felt inside. I couldn't accept the compliments because I felt that I wasn't worthy of them and didn't deserve it. And honestly, it's not really right to be just giving out compliments when you don't mean it. I think that's fake. So this brings us to the next step. Step number two is ask yourself why, dig in, and get honest with yourself. Why is such a telling question and is seriously top three in my book for self-development. I don't have a book just yet, but it would go in there as a top three question. This question has allowed me to get to the bottom of my deepest thoughts and quickly realize where my issue is. Let's take apologizing as an example because a lot of people do this. Why are you really apologizing? Is it because you're afraid of what the other person might think of you? Are you uncomfortable with non-positive interactions with others? Do you want them to like you? Are you avoiding conflict? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, chances are you might be a people pleaser and you might have an internal belief that you are beneath others, which is a low self-worth belief. And just because you say those things or think that way doesn't doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It's just might it just might be telling you that there's something to work on and to get better at. So here's where it's crucial to remain honest with yourself. And this is where the why question gets tough because once you're honest in answering that question, you'll likely have to face a harsh reality about yourself that you may or may not have ever realized before. And just a warning, this part could really get ugly because you may not like it. And you know what? You're really going to be a much better person after this process and after you're aware of your weakness. And that will make it all worth it. Trust me on this. You want to be honest with yourself. And there really are no shortcuts to this one or else you'll be wasting your time and your energy. And nobody wants to do that. So just do it and recognize when you're lying to yourself and correct it. The only person you'd be hurting is yourself if you continue to lie to yourself. So that brings us to step number three, extract the core belief. Now, pull out the shocking belief that you've just learned about yourself and really let it sink in. Um, for my example, it was understanding that I had a subconscious belief that I thought I was beneath other people. So that was the, the core belief, and I just really just let it sink in <laughs> to my brain that that is something that I was actually believing and just being really truly honest with myself and just absorbing like, dang, I did that or like I do that. and. You know, that part's important because it lets you really truly internalize the need to change it. So let that sink in for a moment. And number four, replace the belief with the truth. Depending on what the issue ends up being, you can replace the core belief in a ton of different ways. A simple one to start with is to replace the negative belief with a positive truth. Going back to our example, if you find that you have an internal belief of being beneath others, ask yourself, what is the truth? You're not, right? 
you're an equal. I believe so. As a human being, you are no better or no worse than any other human being on this planet. Regardless of your social status, your income, your relationship status, religion, sex, race, etc. As a culture, we love to talk about this in a socio or geopolitical way, but how about truly believing it for yourself first and foremost? Just remember, you are worthy of the love, the success, and the role of the main character in your life. Do whatever you can to remind yourself of that every time you find yourself slipping into those negative thought patterns. Another way that works really well for me when I can't find a cold, hard truth is searching for answers. So taking action when you're challenged, confused, or feeling down is a super powerful habit to build. So for example, I went through this the other evening and I found that my core belief had too much truth in my mind to find what the truth was and start to reverse it. So I started to search for podcasts that helped address my issue. Sure enough, within minutes, I found an episode of the Gold Digger podcast that addressed my concern immediately. Do not underestimate the search engines you have at your fingertips like YouTube, Google, Spotify, Apple, DuckDuckGo, TikTok, whatever it is, wherever you hang out and trust, go there and find the answer to your problem. If you can't seem to find the right thing for you, do not rest. Check books, ask people, follow new people on social media. Your answer is out there. How else do people with super rare diseases find a specialist that handles their exact case? You know, um, you just hear so many stories of like somebody getting this really rare disease and they're like, oh shoot, well, I need to figure it out. And so they just search the ends of the earth for somebody who can help them. And, you know, the lucky ones, the ones who really are determined to do that, they end up finding somebody that can help them. And a lot of times they get help. So be like that. You know, you have self-diagnosed an issue, a problem, a leaky, um, you know, leaky hole in your boat. Like you want to fix that or else or else you die, you know, let's make it that, that extreme because your own mental health, your own, your self-worth is so foundational. You want to plug that up. You want to get that fixed. So last but not least, number five, self-identify with your truth and take your thoughts captive. Sometimes we believe in our low self-worth because there was something that happened in our past that confirmed it. So we need to learn how to let those moments go. Let them blow away with the wind or wash away with the waves. When they come back, you tell them to leave. Command them to go. That's what I mean by taking your thoughts captive. You command those negative thoughts to go because they do not belong any longer. So remember that you have the power to direct your thoughts. You can't always control what comes in for a visit, but you can always control where your mind stays or goes. So stay self-aware, remember your truth, and identify yourself more appropriately. This will not happen overnight, and you will need to practice it on a continuous basis, but it will absolutely be worth it because you will evolve into the person you truly are and will likely find a new sense of joy and satisfaction because of it. I've experienced it for myself 
And if you follow these steps, you can find the same thing as well. So thank you so much for listening and growing with me today. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to leave a review and share it with someone you care about. It really helps other people to find this information. And it also helps the podcast continue to keep going. It helps me out a ton. Um, I'm going to start shouting out people who leave reviews. So if you leave a review, there is a chance that I can give you a shout out on one of the following episodes. If you want to also stay in touch between episodes, hit me up on IG or TikTok at growing to be Kiani, all spelled out. And you can tag me with your takeaways from the episode. I would love to see that and share that with the world or not, whatever it is you, you care about. But anyways, without further ado, stay hungry, stay at peace, and keep on growing into who you're meant to be and become. Much love. Bye.